Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the writer's room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. Each week, we take a closer look at one part of the galaxy, how the sequels ruined it, and how we might fix it in our version. I'm Bryce Quinn, and I'm joined by the number one Babu Freak fan, Sandra Carrion. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Babu. Enough said. I'm also joined by our resident sequel trilogy expert, yeah. Cole Forfang fan. Yeah, Cole, um, have you seen Rise of Skywalker yet? Uh, no, but I went and watched a compilation of all of Bobby Frick. <laughs> yes! All two minutes That's of it. so much more research I, uh, than I thought we'd do. I read an oh, interview with the, uh, the puppeteer mm. who uh, said that he, uh, Bobby Frick does have this internal conflict where he has a lost love, yeah. apparently. So. I, that's so funny, because I was thinking yeah. about him actually having a lost love. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's yeah. wild. Me too. Let's get into this. Yeah. Holy shit. This is wow. incredible. Babu fucks. <laughs> Babu fucks? Babu fricks? Ooh. Okay, so, Cole, hey, hey. I'm so glad you did some research. I was yeah. expecting you to say no because you still haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, no, but it doesn't but matter because we're only talking about Babu Freak today. Babu Freak is a character that is near and dear to our hearts. This episode will be diving into the deep lore of the character and the many possibilities that lie therein. If you're a bit confused as to why we're doing this, we're huge Bubba Freak fans. We love him to bits. The Anzellan's probably one of the best additions to the Star Wars canon. Absolutely. That the Absolutely. managed to drag in with all the other bullshit that uh, was Bubble. attached to it. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not actually going to make an analogy there. Mm. It was just gross. Sequel's bad, but Bubba Freak rules. Bubba Freak. I'm going to start off, as we usually do, talking about Bubba Freak in the sequels. Fucking, I just love this boy. Yeah, he's kind of cute. Kind of cute. Are we doing like an analysis? What we dislike? What we dislike? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. We'll start with that, and then we'll go to the likes. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. No. In all seriousness, I always loved um, Bubba Freak's edition. Uh, He's just a really great touch of uh, com- comedic relief. He's just hilarious. Yeah. He makes me smile. He just makes honestly. me smile. He's just really funny and like endearing. Yeah. It's like one of those perfect little puppet side characters. I yeah. think that's one of the few things J.J. Abrams actually does understand about mm, yeah. Star Wars. He's like, the puppets make it, and he's right. Yeah. The, the puppetry really is like a core part of what makes the original trilogy work so beautifully. Yeah. Uh, and obviously having fucking Jim Henson and the Jim Henson company yes, is part yes. of it. Yeah, it's absolutely. just like It's just one of those timeless touches that makes the original trilogy and stuff like Pan's Labyrinth so incredible mm. It, mm. he really works magic he's an incredible yeah. if, it feels there it feels so a part of the world um, a thought I was thinking of and I'm just going straight into what I love <laughs> yeah go for it something that feels like particularly Star Wars to me is let's say you have a scale of weird right and it's yeah. like weird 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 you don't want to put something in this this category of don't do visuals because we're on a talk show okay so <laughs> imagine there's like, like a one to five or a one to ten or something zero to a hundred okay and everything <laughs> everything within zero to one hundred is just weird and okay. it's just how weird you are from zero to one hundred okay preferably you kind of want it at zero if you're trying to like make something like very easily comprehensible to the character but something about like comprehensible to the story and comprehensible to the audience to the audience yeah sorry but something like about style was is I feel like when you crank it up to 101 yeah when you crank it past the limit just like a tad past so batshit weird yeah it suddenly just makes sense and it just works it just works like you have this 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 l-shaped head alien that has two mouths that's a really good example you have the devil in moss eisley (laughs) the devil in moss eisley or the wolfman or um something comes to mind is salacious crumb salacious crumb and even i think jar jar like works for this jar jar um dexter 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 it's just it's just like it's so weird, but like, yeah, they've just gone all in with the weird factor, and just the fact that Dexter exists within like a '80s retro bar, <laughs> yeah, in Coruscant is just the most batshit stupid yeah. fucking thing ever. It's you so stupid, that and it's so funny. It suddenly mm. just makes sense. It's like, yeah, this feels like 
this is part of the world. This is in Star Wars. I guess this is in Star Wars, yeah. And I think Babu Frick perfectly hits that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's just a tiny little guy. He's got, like, this huge, weird mustache thing. But he talks like a two-year-old. Yeah. But he's somehow, like, a master droid smith as well. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. That's the thing. You need to have the brain of someone who's fried from all the acid they did in the 70s. Like... (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we we're, we aspire to that, and we're going to try and stick yeah. to that. I'm um, so glad you're off- foreshadowing Dexter Jackson. Yeah, Barbie Freak is fantastic. We see him in Rise of Skywalker uh, when they bring in the team and C-3PO to mm. rewire his mm. brain so they can translate from Sith. And it's just, it's a fun little scene. C-3PO, I've always hated, and I hate in this movie as well, and I wanted I him to die. I C-3PO. Like, I just agree with that. But this, you know, this being the scene that we get Barbie Freak, it's like, fine, he's a droid smith engineer mechanic yeah. of some kind and he's ripping c-3po's brain to pieces so they can translate from Sith. and usually like in some movies you'd have like the super geeky guy yeah and like the the main characters will go to them like they'll be like oh we need you to hack this or we need you yeah. to fix this thing and he'll be like like the sweaty guy from oceans of 11 yeah and he'll be shooting all this technical jargon and they're like give it to us in english you know no oh, yeah and Babu does that, but he does it in the cutest way. Like, he'll just be like, <laughs> and Ray will be like, what's he saying? <laughs> and like, Zori Bliss will just like yeah. translate. Yeah. And it's it's very much like that Star Wars way of delivering it. And if it had just been a human with like some gizmo goggles yeah. on, can you imagine yeah. how much that would have sucked? It would have. You know, like, See, I'm glad we got what we got. Yeah. Like, I love that Babu's voice always sounds like he's on his dying breath. Bubble. Bubble. Bobby did like chain smoking. Also, <laughs> yeah. if you didn't press play on this episode thinking that we're going to be doing our Barbara Freak voices, I'm sorry yeah. to disappoint. No, you. it's happening. It's all. <laughs> we're all in. Oh wait, yeah, the droid it, is yeah. ready. <laughs> That's what he says. I'm <laughs> thinking. What does he say? Droid is ready. So fucking good. Yeah. And then so we get that scene in Kajimi, and then Kajimi gets blowed the fuck up later on in the movie. And we're so scared. And like, we think gonna just, die. He's gonna be dead. He's gonna be another fake out death. And guess what? He is, because he comes back in the finale with all the ships and everything, and he's, he's like in he's the cockpit with Zori Bliss. He behind like, Lando, exact pops up on the windshield. And we get the one of the best trailer moments of all time, where it's like, there's more of us, Poe. There's more of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I okay, when Beautiful. I was when I was watching the compilation, right? The two times he says, Hey, hey, I think it's the exact same. Same like voice line, copy oh, like paste. Just copy paste. Yeah, I, be- I believe you. Yeah, I believe that. If you get Who's it perfect once, you don't want to change it. So th- I'm getting it. I'm up. not sure, but it's like this lady, <laughs> the same lady who puppeteered it. I think awesome. She- I think she learnt how to puppeteer so that she could do the voice on set. <gasps> and my favorite clip is it's when they're shooting the Bobby Frick scene, and JJ Abrams is trying so hard not to laugh. It's like, there's just like this two minute scream she does. That's really funny. Shirley Henderson is a Scottish actress. Accolades include two Scottish BAFTAs, uh, a VFCC award, uh, and a Oliver award, Mm. which is huge. For her role as Bobby Frick. And uh, And then I I heard an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for her role as Bobby Frick, right? uh, Snubbed. (laughs) (laughs) Snubbed. Yeah. This is why we don't watch the Oscars. <laughs> this is why we don't watch the Oscars. <laughs> anyway, that's like a brief recap of Babu Freak and, and, and his monumentally important role in The Rise of Skywalker. It's similar to like what felt right with BB-8. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of like beautiful, charming. Um... And the name is very Lucasy. Yeah, Babu Freak. Mm. Yeah. But anyways, Bubble. so obviously we're not like. He uh... says his own name like a Pokemon <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're not fans of Rise of Skywalker at all. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I'll watch it just because it's a fucking, it's a time for Babu, and I'll watch it for Babu. Uh, and he's definitely one of the most redeeming aspects of the movie. Yeah. He's, he's a great addition. And the reason we want to do this episode is we're like, you know what? Of all the things we're going to scrap, 
Babu is definitely not going to be one of them. I wanted Babu to stay in. Like, from, from day one. Yeah. Babu. It's so weird that it's, he seems, he's like, he's only important because of like the stupidest plot contrivance yeah. ever where it's like, oh, this droid can't learn Sith, but it's technically in the, the data bank. It's technically in its files. Yeah. Why not just like take the file out? In a movie where 70% of the plot is contrivance and it's going from place to place trying to do these little mini side quests along the, le- along the way. It's fine that we got Bobby Freak the way that he is. Like, yeah. it was never going to be good. Mm. And Kajimi's kind of a cool planet as Kijimi well. Kajimi is cool, and we're, we're definitely interested in trying to find a way to make Kajimi It's kind of, like, just visually very interesting. Got those, like, that, like, Nepalese Alps kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, you got a town, and you got a city, but it's, like, covered in snow, mm. and it's, like, on, on like, the mountainside. On the mountainside, it's, like, rises and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. But, yeah. Um, so, where are we going with this We're going to go to our pitches for what we would love to change with Babu Freak. And then, later on, we've got something very special for you guys, and we're going to okay. hit you with that later. So, stay tuned. But, for now, we're going to stick to our usual schedule, our usual structure, how we would change Babu Freak. Who wants to start? I've got something pretty explosive. I don't want to change him too much. I think he's perfect how he is. He's a side character. He's a small character. He's cute. And yes. he's a droid smith. I love the fact that he's a droid smith. He's ah, like tiny and he can get yeah. into those little That's cracks true. and like get in the little nitty gritty. Like it's like a small circuit board's like a, just like a standard operating table for him. Yeah. And it's cool. And I like it. I like that too. And I, I want him to still be a droid smith. I've got no interest in droid smithing. Barbara Freak meets lightsabers, baby. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Follow me on my little journey here. Okay. So, okay. Babu Freak should build lightsabers, which that's implies actually... this, this was my first thought. And so, and is this just, just yeah. so you could get lightsabers out in the galaxy? No. So, this is just like, <laughs> I'm going to read these out in the train of thought that I wrote them last night before okay. I went to sleep. So, Babu Freak should build a lightsaber. Great. I like that idea. Which implies that Babu should be in some way key to the story of the wielder of said lightsaber. So, if he's going to make Ray's lightsaber, mm. he should be involved in the story somewhere. Mm-hmm. Side Babu's character, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Not a mentor. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the next thought that followed on perhaps Babu helped Luke build his lightsaber years ago oh my god follow me <laughs> okay. follow me stay with me this leads to a seedy underbelly quest to Kajimi led by Luke who is training Ray? question mark uh, okay so I had a Okay, no, no, no. You, you just finish. You finish up. The reason Luke knows Babu Freak is because years ago, when he lost his arm and lightsaber to Darth Vader, he needed a new lightsaber. I understand that there is definitely comics that follow this story. I don't care. The droid we see in the Ahsoka TV show, he's dead and gone in our canon. He doesn't, he's not around anymore. Yep. How does Luke build his lightsaber? He needs a master lightsaber smith. A master lightsaber smith. And who better to do it than Babu Freak? <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's certain like implications that I'm like not the biggest fan of, but I yes. think it's kind of cool at the same time. I'll allow it for Bobby. My thing is, it's like I love the idea that building a lightsaber is very difficult. And there was yeah. that one droid in the Clone Wars who was like, "I'm the I'm the lightsaber building droid." The idea that Luke was able to build it by himself yeah. is always something that I felt was a bit strange. Yeah, but I think to get serious for a moment, oh. um, I think it's powerful though that Luke builds his own lightsaber because lightsaber craftsmanship has always been an important like sort of rite of passage for a yeah, jedi yeah. um but i'll make exceptions for bobby yeah. no well that's the yeah. thing like lightsaber craftsmanship is a rite of passage for jedi yeah. through the help of the lightsaber building droid mm. you know? old canon yeah. was that he found schematics for obi-wan's lightsaber and spare pieces yeah. as well as a green kyber crystal in uh obi-wan's hut back on tatooine uh, and that's why his lightsaber looks so similar to Obi-Wan's in yeah. the new one. Yeah. Um, I quite like that canon. You can still keep that. Yeah. 
Um, how the fuck does he know how to build it? Yeah, I had no <laughs> he idea. He needs help. You, you find uh, like schematics. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he is not. We've never seen him to be a craftsman or a builder. Mm, right. Anakin was. Yeah. He built C three PO in a fucking in a in a cave full of scraps. Yeah, but he still has Yoda to guide him and all that, and the Force guys. He mm. has. Oh, when does he build that lightsaber? Yeah, in between yeah. five and six. Yoda's not dead yet. Um, no, but the next time he sees Yoda is in Return of the Jedi when yeah. he dies. So he yeah, doesn't yeah. see him between there. Like, oh, losing his right. hand and seeing Yoda. Yeah, like, maybe, he yeah. has his lightsaber by the time he goes back. Everyone's Force Ghost. Yeah, no. Everyone's yeah, I, Force I Ghost know. is like, yeah. hey, go find Marvin Fridge. Yeah, yeah. Go find, go find this guy who can... Yeah. All I'm I, saying um, is the technical expertise of building a yeah. lightsaber should be something that is difficult. Yeah. Building it yourself and being a part of that forging mm. process is still very important yeah. in a rite of passage. But having the person there who can do the nitty-gritty welding, I think, is a, yeah. is a cool character spot to be filled. Yeah. I like, what I'm the, saying. I like the image. Yeah. Um, I actually had no idea about the lightsaber droids. I think I'm still used to old yeah. canon. But um, old canon, they just build it themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, what they would do is they would go to Illum yeah. and find the crystal, and then that's, they would like build it. So there, they're still you know, the canon. The, so the droid actually just helps like, find the pieces. Gives gives them pieces and like helps them understand the mechanics. Yeah. The Jedi still yeah. puts the lightsaber and they like yeah. use it with the force kind of thing yeah 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 gotcha 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 which is like i think still very cool i'd rather yeah. that rather than babu like welding the thing Babble. together that's fair enough that's fair enough a pitch i had was instead of relation to luke it's a relation to han mm. and babu frick is actually not just a joy smith but also doubles down in engineering yeah mm. uh and he's the one who fixes the Millennium Falcon's navigation system ah. and the droid inside of it because we get the droid inside of it in Solo. Yeah, Solo. Yeah, like yeah. In, in our canon, we've established that Solo, the, all the live action movies plus the and or TV show is our canon, not the Mandoverse. Yeah. So Solo is canon for us, which means that in the canon of that movie, there's a droid inside the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. yeah. Which I've never been the biggest fan of. Yeah, so, yeah neither. I think instead of a droid, we should just put Babu inside the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. He just he just around. scoops out the innards. He's like, get out of here, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I'm in here now. And, and he, he gets like a he's like a weird like mechanical helmet. He puts it on his head. <laughs> yeah, he comes like, one. Yeah. He jacks in like Cerebro. In the walls. Yeah. <laughs> and they open it up. It's like <laughs> halfway through the movie. It's like, oh, we've got to fix the hyperdrive. They open up the panel. It's just Babu just yeah. sitting there and Cerebro. But he's fried. And <laughs> Ray's like, what ready. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. In the ship part of the ship. Yeah. God. You're like scarred up and burnt. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like Darth Vader. Yeah, Han, Han slams the door. Like, Get back to it, Babu. <laughs> <laughs> Han just bullies Babu. No, because he has to think it's like um Pacific Rim. Yeah, he needs two pilots. They have two Anzellans in there. Yeah, or oh. or like Han joins him and they sync up and like Babu gets all of Han's memories and Han gets all of Babu's memories. I've t- I've been saying this for years. We need to start writing Star Wars comics because this is what <laughs> yeah. they're like. This is what <laughs> they're like. Sure. This, no, this is actually what they're like. <laughs> it does hit this level. Anywho, wow. so that's your pitch that he should be like a friend of Han. Yeah, and yeah. like through the crime underworld kind of stuff and the yeah. smuggling. Yeah, because he is like a, f- a full blown criminal mastermind. Yeah. Well, I, my question is like, how does droid smithing really tie into the narrative? That's why I like the lightsaber smithing part of it, or like. You know, being in yeah. some way connected to forging and like collecting the parts and yeah, materials right. for a lightsaber because it's it's intrinsic to the character's journey as opposed to like oh we've got to take this fucking plot MacGuffin and move it over to this plot MacGuffin so that Barbara Free can fix it. It's it's more of what we're seeing in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So that's my that's my only thing with like the droid smithing stuff and yeah. why I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I kind of like ditch that from like my treatment. I'm just like oh he's a droid smith he does a droid thing and that's it. Yeah, yeah, like I don't necessarily want them to go to him for anything specific. I'm, yeah. I don't think. Definitely not C-3PO. Um, 
Yeah, definitely not C-3PO. I'm killing C-3PO in the first movie, I swear no, to God. Please, no, No. He has to be around. No, 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 no. It's C-3PO, R2-D2, and Palpatine. Are the, are the, three, char- the three characters who are going to be there the whole time. Somehow 3PO has returned. Somehow 3PO returned. And he's all red now. <laughs> he's just all red. Sith droid. He's one gold foot. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, when I say Palpatine, I mean like Palpatine's influence. He's not actually going to be yeah. physically there. Yeah. At least Palpatine in our current pitches. in C-3PO's. Anyway, we're not talking about fucking Palpatine today. We're talking about Barbara Freak. Okay. Cole, you got a pitch for us today? Sure. You know what? I will take it away. Um, <laughs> here we go. So uh, we best get the uh, the crazy one out of the way. Um, I'm playing it's, a pretty, it's a pretty simple plot. In a galaxy where heroes, even heroes, stumble into moral gray zones. Barbie Frick, a Star Wars story. Oh, we're not there yet. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Spoilers. No, I um, thought I, I meant like in the terms of like in the, in, oh, in the shape in of re, reshaping the, the sequels. Oh, oh um, in the trilogy. How I mean, would you put honestly, him in? I think you could bring Babu Frick in much earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm honestly not sure in what capacity he would be good because I mean, I just, I do like seeing him like fiddle away yeah. on C3PO. The Sith droid part is what kind of like freaks me out. No, it's, it's a just strange. Fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, maybe it's even like, I don't know, repairing. Yeah. Like, if there's like a home ship and he's the guy in the home ship that like does yeah. the repairs, although I don't know how he'd like run around. Like, usually when they're repairing the ships, they're frantically running from like aisle to aisle, and I don't see Bobby doing that. It's a lot more laid back of an experience because it's you've got these tiny puppets and they're just like sparks, sparks, sparks kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And they're not really moving a whole lot because they're, they're puppets. You he, don't gets wanna... to, he gets to live in his process. Yeah. I think yeah. That's what you're trying to say. Like, <laughs> He gets to really like take his time and like be methodical. Yeah, and you don't want to you don't want to have the baby Yoda mm. effect of like a bunch of puppets flipping yeah. around, running hallways and stuff. It can't yeah. be an action packed repairs mechanic shot. Yeah, yeah right? but like, what if like he repairs something and then somebody grabs him and chucks him to the other side? Yeah. <laughs> what if? And then he grabs onto a pole and then he starts repairing something. <laughs> oh my god! What if he is the master code breaker? Oh no! Yeah, think about say that. master code breaker. Who, master when we're code talking breaker. about fixes. <laughs> To the sequel. <laughs> That's not a part of what we're doing here. <laughs> Two birds, one brick. I'm thinking about like how Bobby can be like in- incorporated in a lightsaber sense now. And I'm yeah. like, can he like design schematics? But does that feel like but design schematics or build the pieces? If you still have that idea of the the Jedi has to fuse it all together, they still have to find the mm. pieces. They still have to have the pieces. If they don't all have them, they need to get schematics and molds to like get metal and smelt them and forge them that kind yeah. of thing and mm. bring those pieces into existence and, and provide them this is like something we chucked out ages ago i feel like we liked but i feel like maybe it's become kind of irrelevant now considering we're Ray's starting the story yeah but mm. does ray still have the quarter staff and do we still want to see a piece of a quarter staff become part of a lightsaber that there's, a, there's potential there that could it, be really cool yeah looks cool i'm just not sure how she's starting anymore if it yeah. makes sense for her to start with the quarter star it is an interesting question of like the visuals of how ray looks because it's you know we've got the scavenger look with the staff and like the, the flowing fabric and stuff but then more and more the more we talk about bounty hunter ray which yeah. is something we've been talking about recently oh, Cole. wow yeah. you've got ray with two blasters and yeah. and like some cool bounty hunter armor kind of thing not mm. mandalorian armor mm. but like some kind of battle armor and blaster armor of some kind you know, that visual is also cool. So the question of, like, what is she incorporating? What is a part of her own personality that's becoming a part of this lightsaber? Yeah. Which is something we've seen with, like, Ezra Bridger. Yeah. And something we've seen with the extent, expanded lore of Luke and his mm. lightsaber and that kind of thing. So I feel like the quarter staff is a great example and a great opportunity for that. Yeah, same. No, I still really like it. But in that sense, like, you know, like, what pieces does she need yeah. remaining? Yeah. If, yeah. If, you know, she's got... Oh, you need, you need the grip. <laughs> you need the grip. And we, <laughs> we've run out of molds. 
like I got something, and then she snaps her, her stick over her leg. You know, yeah, Symbol- symbolizing she's snapping away the old life and forging something new. Oh, Thanks. yeah, that's right. Deep. Wow. Fucking kill me. <laughs> 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 anyway. <laughs> It's a great idea. Barbie Frick should be in immense pain 24-7. All right. We're going to go further down Bryce's crazy train uh, of the lightsaber construction. Babu has a monopoly on the construction of black market lightsabers. No. (laughs) Sells them and sells them to the highest bidder, most often bounty hunters and elite bodyguards. Now, (laughs) I didn't realize, and I just really didn't think this one through at all, shockingly. (laughs) So if we're talking about, like, we've mentioned the black market lightsaber thing in the past. Yeah. Does that, because that's a part of Clone Wars in the Clone Wars show. Mm. In the Clone Wars show, we've seen the droid help them assemble the lightsaber, but the Jedi has to fuse it together. Yeah. You know, giving the impression that every lightsaber must be fused by a force wielder. Is mm. that, is that the, the impression? The impression like that, that every Jedi, every lightsaber in the past has been. Yeah. Um, not necessarily has to be, yeah. yeah, but it has been. And that's if they're talking about the black market. You, the majority of those lightsabers would be Jedi forged and yes. Yes. previously owned. Yeah, previously and... owned lightsabers that were all, even though we're like we're decanonizing comics anyway. But yeah. like there is like a lightsaber burning. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, they throw a bunch of lightsabers into a pile and burn yeah. them. Yeah. And I, I do like that lightsabers have that deep connection to their creator as well. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's why like it's so powerful when Grievous has a collection of lightsabers that it'd be his, yeah like, it'd be a little dodgy if it's just like oh I have lightsabers you know yeah um, or just they bought and yeah it's something that we've played around with oh it's something yeah. I've definitely played around with is having like a main villain who isn't a force user who has yes. a red lightsaber yeah um, and it's like that was a black market acquired lightsaber yeah. that's you know maybe centuries old kind of thing yeah mm. so I take it you're on board with the idea of non force users being able to wield lightsabers. Well, yeah, like we've seen Grievous, you know. He was yeah. trained in like how to use That's the lightsaber, true. but he doesn't yeah. have the force. But he was a, a force robot wielder. Yeah. as well. And he's, 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 a, he's a robot and he's mm. like a very unnatural kind of character. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's something we've seen in canon. Uh, That's true. At least once or twice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it absolutely is. Like not without like great, great difficulty. Yeah. And like not being very natural with the weapon. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I'm going to set my arms out in front of me and just rotate my robot arms. And turn yeah. this turn this like laser sword that is like a fencing dueling weapon yeah. into just a rotating blade of death. I know, yeah. It's a cool visual, but I mean that's why I prefer Grievous. I mean everyone says this, but I prefer Grievous in the 2D animated one. Well, a, another part of Grievous is that his like lightsaber training, he was taught by Dooku. Yeah. But it's also like programmed into him. Oh ah. well. yeah, it's a, like it's like a part that. of his like cybernetics. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that yeah. makes sense. So in terms of like black market <laughs> lightsaber selling then. It would be, I guess, presumably very difficult to create a black market if, let's say, it's it's difficult to just to design a lightsaber that is powered by a kyber crystal. It's it's mm. something that is like difficult and something that is just not mainstream or common because they're very rare. They have a lot of connotations to them. Very also, expensive. If, yeah, if you're building one from scratch, finding a kyber crystal, yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. Pretty and difficult. I was in my especially post empire as well. Yeah, in my mind, it was for like elite bodyguards and crime lords and that kind of thing, like mm. people who would have a reason to have such a weapon and be trained with it. But if you're building a weapon that is extremely expensive, hard to create, and anyone who uses it is at high risk of personal body harm to themselves by using it, doesn't seem like that'd be a very popular weapon. Yeah, you you'd think most people would go for like the more accommodating things, like like um, what is it like fiber steel. Uh, yeah. Steel? No. Um, it is vibra steel. Vibro blades, yeah. Vibra, yeah. They yeah. have like the vibrating knives and yeah. shit that you see in Mando. Um, as well as like, you know, like there's like a million other like sort of like electricity based. Well, the, the, there's the Magna yeah. Guards from yeah. uh, uh yeah, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. I think um to 
sort of parrot off the point of like lightsabers being hard to acquire and stuff could be very interesting if you know during the reign of the empire they kind of like just destroyed or at least used up all the kyber right yeah so it's hard to even acquire the parts to make a lightsaber they even so. they either did the lightsaber burning or they repurposed the kyber crystals yeah exactly so like either of those are an interesting yeah. way to, to, to spin it and that could make obtaining a lightsaber very interesting for someone like ray or Maybe luke shooting. yeah is my thing yeah right yeah I'm, I'm i'm fucking setting shit up for later on don't you worry <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, so my last note, um, perhaps Babu is leading a team of Anzellans who are designing Death Star laser tech. <laughs> I just... Uh, can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot what I wrote, and this is so funny did you, did you write this at 3 a.m in the morning no this was a midnight one uh, <laughs> anzellans okay sorry babu is leading a team of anzellans who are designing death star lasers for i stayed it. up unusually late like two nights ago and i saw that you were still up on tiktok I'm yeah like, he's coming up with stupid star wars ideas I exactly it. babu is leading a team of anzellans who are designing death star laser tech for outer rim crime lords and get caught in the crossfire between the new republic and the crime lords <laughs> I don't want to make the Sold. um yeah, Coles. I knew you'd be with me, Cole. I'm on that I knew one. it. Yeah. One uh, thing I did want to avoid. Yeah. Was making Inzellans um not like avoiding making them too similar to the uh I believe it's like I can't remember if this is the name of them or this is like their their species uh like Ugnugs. Ugnots. Yeah. Ugnots. Yeah. Yes. The like um Ugnots were like technologically advanced species then like brought in and sort of like treated as slaves under the empire ah. because of like how good they were with like yeah. building and like technology and engineering interesting mm. that's my idea <laughs> i just came up with uh it's uh anzellans are the slave race native to exegol that are in charge of all the cloning <laughs> and babu frick is like wicket and they have to free the anzellans <laughs> Oh boy. But it could be Ugnaughts. <laughs> it could just be Ugnaughts at that point. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I don't, I don't know anything about Ugnaughts. Um, yeah. Like, so it makes sense. Guys, just... they're in Cloud City. Yeah, and, and Mando. And they're in yeah. Mando. And he's, yeah, this you know, this Mando. guy's and saying, he's like, ex Imperial. Yeah, he's ex Imperial. He's, he's like, not proud I, of his history. I'm not proud of it, but like, I didn't have a choice and I've worked yeah, my way out of yeah. it. And I'm very proud of who I am now. Yeah. Do not insult me. Like, treat me with respect kind of thing. Like, yeah, I've, don't treat me like yeah. an imp. I've worked. For my freedom, you know, he was very, it was a very he interesting like character. One of the best Mando characters. Yeah, absolutely. Why yeah. season one so good? Yeah, season one, is. absolutely. I really love the idea that Enzellans are like this engineer race, but if we've already got the Ugnaughts, yeah, I don't know. They're passing yeah. a different type of engineering. I mean, yeah, specifically droid smiths. <laughs> they build all the droids. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's good to make them a bit more like methodical and like time, not time sensitive, the opposite. Like, they get to really, like, just take their time with what they're building and, like, treat yeah. it with care. Interesting. Um, Which I think lends well to droid smithing. Yeah. It does also lend yeah. well to, like, the the idea of them being, like, related to lightsabers in some sense. Well, what we see him do the most yeah. of is wiring and electrical, like, circuitry stuff, mm. you know, which is uh, very different to being a, a forge master, being yeah. a smith and smithing things. Which is something that I would assume the Ugnaughts are like industrious and yeah. are like like factory workers kind of mm. in that in that sense, as opposed to something that is a little bit more advanced and difficult in the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, coding and a bit like a lot of soldering and whatnot. Yeah. Coding, soldering, working with uh, electrical circuitry, that kind mm. of stuff. Yeah, it seems to me like the um, Anzellans, or at least Bobby Frick, they work very well with like makeshift tech and all that because they're kind of like whatever I can use. And you said they're very methodical and studious, but 
is Babu because I don't know. It could have just been the two minute compilation we <laughs> saw, but it seemed like he works very fast. Yeah, he yeah. does kind of work kind of fast yeah. as well. This yeah. is true. This is true. That's why they could be resourceful for crime. <laughs> it's it's. Runner. I love the idea of it's like the the chop shop. You know, yeah, like you take whatever you need chopped up uh, and like coated or fixed or rewired or retooled. Uh, you take it to Barber Freak, you take yeah, it to yeah. your local Anzellan chop shop kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to repair it. Not to build a, uh, a droid or fix a car or a speeder or something like that. Yeah. Not something that's like huge uh, that like needs replace replacing an engine, but if you want to recode it or break through the locks. Yeah. Or yeah. like some Imperial kind of coding. Like you want to yeah. like iOS crack your Exactly. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Fuck, he is a code breaker. Shit. He's a pirate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are. And yeah, like break through like firewalls and rewire yeah. things and that kind of thing. Um, well, that's that's definitely what we see him do. And it's like, how far away do we want to get from that? Because yeah. if, you know, we go into this idea of like forging lightsaber mm. components, it's a little bit of a stretch to get from that, from yeah. like mm. forging metal components to uh, rewiring Another technology. question I have for you, and I didn't think this would come up in a Barbie Frick episode. So thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome. Do we want to see Ray actually forge physically a lightsaber? In the movie, I fucking would love that. Yes, yeah, we've like never that. seen it's it. It's something that, like, one is time consuming. One, I like, I'd love to see it, but it is, it does, like, feel a bit more at home in something like a TV show, something like Clone Wars, or a video game, like or Jedi. a video game, Jedi Survivor. Um, like dedicating a whole scene yeah. to it as like as big as a moment as it feels like. It's not like it's an individual character moment. Yeah, and doesn't feel like it quite synergizes with like any any other character other than the person making the lightsaber. I yeah. see what where you're coming from and I think it's it's very much about like what is the type of journey that you're trying to tell. When we mm. start with Luke in Return of the Jedi, he has already he's gotten to a place where he believes he is an accomplished Jedi and he has nothing left to learn, but he mm. does. Yeah. And we we need to see him, you know, he goes from being a Jedi Knight who has embraced what it means to be a Jedi and what that power means in terms of fighting against what you fighting for what you believe in. The lesson he learns is to hold on to that compassion and be able to do it all, to save yeah. your father and defeat the Emperor uh, and, and truly embrace the selflessness, selflessness of being a Jedi. Yeah. Um, so as a part of that journey, you don't need to see him make a lightsaber because he's already accomplished. He's already made it. So when mm. you start that story, you don't need to establish like, oh, yeah. I need to go make the lightsaber. It makes more sense to start him with one. With someone like Rey, where it is, we've been asking the question of like, if we're saying she's an apathetic character, she doesn't care about the galaxy, she needs to start to care. She needs to believe in what's happening. I think showing the scene of her making her lightsaber and like that being a symbol of like her connection to caring about the galaxy now, I think could be really powerful. Uh, yeah. Okay, no. I in do. terms of like an actual storytelling moment, not just showing it on screen because it's cool, yeah, having, no, it, having it have some power behind it narratively yeah, as well. it's a huge symbolic I do like that. Yeah. In, in that sense, like I feel like it's definitely like a... I want to see Ray make a lightsaber. When do you even see that timeline-wise? Second movie. Second movie? Yeah, during the second mm. movie. Do you uh, imagine her first or second getting her hands on a lightsaber during the first movie? Potentially. I'm actually leaning more and more away from that the more we talk about it. But yeah. once more, this is a Barber Freak episode. Yes, so let's true. backtrack to Barber Freak. Have we got any other possible pitches for what we could do with this crazy, goofy character in our sequel movies? Before we move on to Barber Freak, a Star Wars story. It's had the, uh, it just came to me, but kill him. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't say that. Just like step on him. You just it had, like, feels the, wrong, right? Like you just the intrusive wanna, thought. Yeah, like you don't want to get rid of him. No, he's just cute. 
he's so cute. It's such a yeah. fun moment, but it's such a, like a really like yeah. And I think there's something to be said for having little characters like Babu Freak and the Enzelans yeah. who do come along in the final battle because we really yeah, want to do justice to that final battle, like mm. the big epic climax of like we're once again coming together to defeat evil. You know, yeah, we want to do that. And uh, Babu Freak being there feels right. He's the key to all of this. He's the key to all of this. We're about to prove it too. <laughs> Our final chapter of this oh episode, Babu Freak, a Star Wars story. God damn, I'm excited about this. Carl, you were... <laughs> you you were very <laughs> you were keen to jump in earlier, yes, so you hit us with it. Get this one out of the way. All right, Not out of the see. way, I'm excited. Right, right, I'm right, very right. excited. So, I mean, before we go into this, the first things we need to acknowledge about Babu Freak are, one, his potential love interest in the past. <laughs> um, two... I didn't realize he, that was canon. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, it's what the uh, it's what the actress said, as inferred by the actress, which I yeah. feel like is the leading yeah. leading knowledge on who Bobby Frick is. Got a pain <laughs> in his eyes and his voice, and also he's a part of the Spice Runners of Kajimi, so he has extensive criminal experience. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So, how did he go from a bright, optimistic young boy into the galaxy's greatest crime lord? So, Bobby Frick, a Star Wars story, Act One. So amongst the backdrop of Order 66. Oh my god. Yeah, we're going all the way back there. All the way back. Babu Frick way. is a tech prodigy in Coruscant's seedy underbelly, where he works around repairing droids and stuff. And one of the places he regularly repairs is Dexter Jexter's diner. <laughs> now, oh my god. If you don't know about Dexter Jexter, canonically, he was a part of Maz Kanata's pirate crew. And retired to stop. Yeah, these yeah. are the things I. That's found within out. like recent Disney canon. Yes, that's current. Even canon, in not old legends. lore, he legends. He was a spy as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense from Attack of yeah. the Clones. So Dexter, you know, he runs the diner, but it's not it's not as busy as it used to be in Episode Two. Yeah. Currently, Order sixty six is going on. You know, the the galaxy is crumbling. The war has impoverished everyone, and he's struggling, but he's still running his diner. Now, while repairing one of his diner droids. Babu Frick discovers a uh, piece of encrypted data revealing that Dexter has this criminal past. Mm -hmm. And struggling, Babu Frick realizes, I'm going to blackmail Dexter Jexter, and we're going to form the greatest spice running ring the galaxy has ever seen. That's a wild leap. I can see the blackmail. That's really great. He's like, I need some coins right now. If I just threaten him with like releasing this, I can get some money. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Dexter is short on cash, so he agrees, and he respects Bobby's drive. Respects his hustle. Yeah, respects his hustle. Now, initially, they run a few deals, you know, on the streets, yeah. peddling the spice, but they need to expand their operation. So in comes Watto, who gives them, <laughs> and he gives them seed money for a cut of the profits. Now, their, <laughs> their operation begins to expand. And Dex's diner turns into the seedy hive of smice-spuggling operations. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know this guy, but Re Yees, he was one of the... Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> he was one of Java's um, little guys in episode six. Oh, wow. In, uh, yeah. So what I should tell you about this is this is the Avengers of obscure characters. You know yeah. what? I was beginning yeah, to I get that. Like, you're just... Yeah. You're just throwing it's in the characters. Avengers of obscure characters. Now, Re Yees, he's just a low-level street boss, so they think. Uh-huh. And as their operation expands, he attacks the diner to send a message. Oh, shit. But Babu, despite his innocence, he feels compelled to send a message back. No. And they raid. They raid a spice shipment Holy by Reese. shit. Does Babu take and, a life? Yes. Unfortunately, when Babu goes to confront the street dealers, he gets a bit ahead of himself and he's confronted with violence. So in self-defense, 
he takes his first life. And then... How? With, uh... Yeah, with what gun? What gun can he shank, hold? Shank, shank, shank. He shanks? You see shanks him, like, him. Chucky just, like, climb up the back of someone and Strangles just, like, knife them. into the neck? Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like does that. Does he sit in a... Like, like, um, the Enzelin does to the... Like, the IG-11? IG-11. Yeah. Does he sit in a droid? That's a great idea. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah. Have, a, let's have him sit in a droid. <laughs> he's wearing a mech suit. Yeah, yeah, it's like Davros. Yeah. Know, from oh, my God. Um, yeah, he's got a little wheelchair, you know, floating around. They intercept this, um, in this intense high-speed set piece through the, the underbelly of Coruscant. They intercept the shipment. And after defeating Reyes, they uncover a, a droid, this defunct droid, which when they, um, well, when our famous droid Smith begins to deprogram, he discovers there is a holocram hidden, a holocron hidden within it. Right. And that kicks off the MacGuffin. What? Meanwhile, Reyes escapes and informs his superior, Salacious B. Crumb. His superior? Yeah. Look, I wanted Salacious Crumb in this, <laughs> but you telling me that this mob boss is reporting to Salacious yes, Crumb? Yes, who is the current newcoming jester for heir? Um, He's the heir to the to yeah. Jabba's throne. He is. He has the a big. Apparently, apparently in law, he has. He's actually not just a little creature. Yeah, he's, he's like not. a thief and intelligent mastermind. Yeah, Delicious I know. It shocked drum. me. I was like, why would you do that? Fuck you. I can't yeah. believe you're doing this yeah. right now. And Act 1 ends with Palpatine announcing the formation of the Galactic Empire and the crackdown on crime. Wow. So we go to Act 2 where they go to Canto Bite. Now, Watto has informed them that this holocron could amass a major amount of money on the black market. So they go to Canto Bite to meet with a mysterious buyer. Codebreaker. <laughs> yeah, with the codebreaker. The, with the red yeah, bomb balloon. Yeah. He's just standing there still. Who's the mysterious buyer? Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Now, when they arrive, Babu and Dex, you know, they're just there. And that's when they see the inept senator, Jar Jar Binks, who is currently super depressed over his role in Palpatine's Arise. I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're doing this. (laughs) And seeing an opportunity, Babu and Dex blackmail Bink with evidence of adultery and substance use. They go black to blackmail again. Yeah, exactly. And they use him as a tool. Now, meanwhile... That man's been used too much. Now, meanwhile, as they are searching for the master buyer, Babu comes across Zira Wazel, who is the twin sister of that strange changeling bounty hunter from episode two. Uh, Zam. Yeah, Zam. The OC twin, really? twin sister yeah. that I came up with. Changeling, okay. yeah. And, uh, you know, the self-insert she, uh, they immediately hit it off. Oh, wow. And, uh, and they hook up. And when Babu awakes, he realizes that he's like restrained and she's grabbed the holocron. <gasps> and flat-catted him. Yeah. And meanwhile... Dex is looking around, and that's when he notices all around Kenobite, there's all these mysterious bounty hunters, and all of a sudden, there is a raid by newly formed Imperial law enforcement, run by, I forget his name, but one of the guys on the Security Council from Episode 6, who are like, that ancient religion is wrong, Vader, that guy, Cassiotage, I think. Episode 4. Yes, Episode 4. Yeah. My God. Yes. So this is a huge... Huge set piece where, you know, the holocron's shifting hands all throughout Canto Bight as they're escaping. There's like a huge bounty hunter war mixed yeah, with the yeah. Imperial the law Imperials. enforcement, and they're all trying to get the holocron. Exactly, and you've got Jar Jar being inept as usual, yeah. but he's stringed along. And all of a sudden, there's one last mysterious person who shows up, Jocasta New, and she is after the holocron. Fuck. Now, she is the librarian from yes. the Jedi Academy, and she is a survivor canonically for Order 66. Did you give her her lightsaber gun? Does she have one? Yeah, that's a comic She's got thing. a lightsaber gun that like has like a one-time blast of crystals. You load a lightsaber into the sniper rifle. It shoots a mini Death Star beam. What? 
and it melts the lightsaber and destroys the crystal inside. That's amazing. Okay, you're not the second draft that's going in. <laughs> yeah. In fact, yeah, just imagine she has her gun and it's like, a, will she use it? You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, um, Jocasta yep. has obtained the holocron and she escapes in her little Jocasta ship. All of a sudden, they're, you know, they're cornered and they have to get out of here. And that's when, oh, Max Rebo and his tour van, because as you see, he's currently touring on the Intergalactic Peace Tour. Where he's trying to raise money for all the orphan war kids. Wait, no, 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 no. Did he die? Did he die on Jabba's ship? Was he on the pleasure no, barge? No, because he, um, he shows up in Mando. No, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, he does. So he does. He canonically lives. Yeah, so he is this bright, young-eyed musician, you know. And he takes them on the tour van and they pursue Jocasta. Reasons unknown. To the planet of Ilum, where she reveals in a great expository sequence that the holocron... Details all the locations of all the younglings. It's so cool. And her plan is, you know, save the younglings. Oh, amazing. Just quickly, do you know the plot of Jedi Fallen Order? That's right. It is the <laughs> Holocron, isn't it? Yeah. That's I was okay. just checking if you'd forgotten or... I did kind of forget, but I do remember that. Yeah. Now. But it's okay. You know, Canon does it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. True. It's True. the same Holocron. Yeah. It's the same Holocron, yeah. It's the same Holocron. And, um, yeah, so, unfortunately, all the enemy forces arrive, including the Inquisitors. They arrive on Illum. And in a great sequence, at the end, Jocasta dies. <gasps> but she passes on this message to save the younglings. To who? Dexter and Max Reva. And together they're like, we got to save the younglings now. Yeah, so I can't remember how the rest of Act 2 goes, but they are, you know, we're starting to see that Babu is becoming more and more morally ambiguous. This is a very much a Walter White situation. He is the Heisenberg of Star Wars. And his mentor relationship with Dexter becomes more insidious when he starts to push Dexter to do more morally bad things. Is Dexter the bloody... He's the Jesse Pinkman to the our Jesse Walter Pinkman. White. As we move forward to Act 3, they use Jar Jar as a means to publicize the mission to save the Jedi younglings. Unfortunately, he's inept. He's causing issues. So Babu says to Dex, you have to kill him. And Dexter, you know, he turns himself into the Imperials and he joins them and he says, we have to take down... Him. He can't keep getting away with this. And, and it fades to black. It says, Babu will return. <laughs> and then it fades back in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the next hour begins. Yeah. Not done. <laughs> it's a time jump. Yes. This but is don't worry, we are, we are at the very end of Act 3. They mourn the losses of Jar Jar. Rebo doesn't want a part of this anymore. And He was in it for the music. Yeah. And teaming up with uh, Dexter, teamed up with uh, Cassiotage, they track down Babu. And it ends with a tense exchange between Babu and Dexter. And in the end, Dexter dies. And the film, the epilogue is, Babu returns to Watto on Tatooine. And Watto's little shop, it's running dry. It's not getting the business anymore. He's shutting down. And Watto's like, oh, you're so morally... Don't do the Watto voice. And talk about morals, please, for the love of God. <laughs> Don't talk about morals whilst doing Watto's voice. But anyway, he says that, <laughs> and, he, and he's like heartbroken. You know, he's like, "You're not the uh, Babu I know." And Babu's like, "Hey!" <laughs> and that's when it cuts out. And you know, he he goes on. You know, his empire's ended, but he goes on to join the Spice Runners as the uh, resident expert of the spice trade. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Cole. You're welcome, Cole. That was better that. than anything I could have brought. Directed in. by Scorsese. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Yeah. 
the Dude, big that's butts. real cinema. Um, Thank you, the big butts. You'd win flying. the award for most blown out piece of audio on this record on this podcast. <laughs> I think ever. I, I noticed. Oof. Anyways, uh, Bryce is like dying inside. Yeah, that fucking killed me. I feel like I'm. I lost expected. years, man. I have one expected. question in a in a with a story like based around like the crime world. Mm. Is there any room for Hondo Onaka? Absolutely. Because I feel like he was missed. Yeah. If there's anything that this story needs, it's more stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. This is just it the needs, skeleton it of needs, it, right? Yeah, it needs Hondo Onaka. Like, yeah, he needs to be, be part of yeah. Yeah, somewhere. He needs to, because he's a pirate, you know? He needs to be a part of it. Yeah, he's yeah. in the game. Yeah. My plan, you know, I think Hondo, he has a perfect role in there. Mm. I don't mm. know in what capacity, but he, he belongs in there. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing, you know, is I, I wanted more meaningless cameos. We could have Obi Wan in the opening, you know. We could have Mace Windu. Like, Mace Windu yeah, is Windu, alive. alive, but like, but we nothing. don't focus on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the thing, you know. I he's wanted... just in Dex's bar, and yeah. he's like scarred up and stuff, and he's like, "Thanks, Dex," and he leaves. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's it. That's the yeah, only that's amazing. Mace Windu. Yeah, yeah. We can have Darth Maul show up, you know. Yeah. All the fun stuff, you mm. know, because this is a film for fans. Cole, for the fans. Yeah, you're a genius. Not, it's not political. You know the people. And of, of all of us, you're going to be the one who Disney hires. I guarantee it. Yeah, thank so, you. Thank you, Disney. I'm I'm here. Listeners, if you're still with us, thank you, and I'm sorry. Um, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra, you got something? Yeah, I don't even know how to follow up mine. Um, Just because... pretend that didn't happen. No. <laughs> That's no, what I'm going to do. Because that was too good. Yeah. Like, that was too good. So <laughs> this is something um, ChatGPT did up for me. Um, oh, yeah, it's our ChatGPT section. ChatGPT did something. The problem with ChatGPT is you ask it to make a story about Babu Frick. Yeah. And it immediately wants to incorporate the sequel characters. Yes. Mm. So, because he shows up in Rise of Skywalker. He's only in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Yes. Just just give me one second here, Sandra. I'm going to get on my soapbox. So, just a quick thing on ChatGPT. So, this is an AI language learning model. It doesn't actually fill the role of AI in the, def- in the dictionary definition of the word. It's semantics, though. It's- it is. I would argue that it is not semantics. If because I think a lot of people out there they go, oh, ChatGPT, uh, Dali two, and that kind of thing. They're going to they're going to change the way art is made forever. Like mm. artists have to work so much harder to keep up. And if you're one of the people who believe that, please go and just read about how it's actually made. Well, machine learning and all that. Machine yeah. learning is not it's not the inspiration the way that humans do it. It is it's theft. It's taking a bunch of art. And copying it mm. and spitting out something that vaguely looks like the thing that you saw. I love AI art and I love yeah, AI yeah. algorithms. And I love AI in use of like when it's like a tool. Right? When it, it is yeah. used in service of artists in such in, in stuff like Photoshop and the way that they use mm. AI to, you know, generate backgrounds and stuff like that. If it's stuff used, like Da Vinci yeah, incorporating yeah. AI to like read the focal depth. Yes. Um for like color grading enhancements yeah, and editing, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. AI in the service of artists, not content and art theft of artists and and taking money away from artists and the 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 great example right now what we're seeing is corporations using ai instead of paying concept artists Mm. or paying graphic designers because they can just automatically yeah if you can do it you should yeah don't Um, fucking do that (laughs) always pay your artists uh don't just exactly because how is the industry gonna like hold itself up you know and that's you know the reason we saw such a successful and supported writer strike this year is because the studios were within a year or two of this technology coming online were already trying to cut writers out of the picture and so that they it. yeah and, and it, it doesn't work and it doesn't work currently and it's going to take a very long time for yes. it to get to a point where it does work in the future because it is theft and it's not good theft language models especially language models operate on just what is the most likely thing that i need to say to generate an effective response to the input mm. i just received 
it's not actually AI. It is a language model. It's just generating the statistically most yeah. likely thing that's going to be the the answer that you're yeah. looking for when you put in the prompt. I feel like this is a great discussion to have in the post show because I have a lot of thoughts yeah. about AI. I just wanted to get my yeah. soapbox real quick yeah, because yeah, yeah. like uh, we love talking shit about ChatGPT here. It's yeah, incredible yeah. technology <laughs> and it's that we we really just <laughs> don't yeah. believe that it's going to replace us. Yeah, I, I've been following AI for years and yeah. stuff. And for me, like I feel like I remember going on and on about it like back in like 2018 2019 yeah no one took it seriously as an issue so i have a lot of thoughts in the post <laughs> yeah. show we'll jump more into it in yeah. the post show so if you're interested jump Follow on a patreon and uh and check it out the post show yeah. but uh yeah that's just the quick thought yeah. on ChatGPT, and that's how we're going to be using it here not because we think it actually yeah. works but because it's hilarious mm. we and, actually were going to hire a writer but yeah um, and also just quickly <laughs> i also have no con like uh faith in us as writers whatsoever so it's very likely that this will be better than what we write <laughs> But that's not because ChatGPT is good. It's because we're bad. <laughs> well, I'm a career writer, man. No, you're good. I mean, we as in <laughs> Melo you. and Sandra. I know you love yeah, You're maybe. great. <laughs> yeah, I can't do shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, ChatGPT made this. Um, you you put in, I put in some certain things. I even, like, specified that I wanted it to be like Pre a Babu story. Like, yeah. Babu story. I wanted yeah. it to be prequel. It still wanted to ham-fist these, like, our main story characters. Like Ray and Finn and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. This is what I could get. Title, Star Wars. Babu Frick, Espionage Protocol. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Genre, spy thriller. Babu Frick, the droid smith, uh, is trust into the perilous espionage world and is recruited by the Resistance to infiltrate the secretive ranks of the First Order Splinter Cell and uncover their sinister plans. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this really long thing. But I'm not sure. It's just like word vomit. It's word vomit. It's yeah. absolute word vomit. It's doing that thing ChatGPT does where it's like, and um, Babu, continuing his work as a droid smith, uh, encounters new friends and allies, but doesn't yeah. like specify any characters. Yeah. Babu's heroic actions are celebrated, and he returns to Jakku, continuing his work as a droid smith. He was never in Jakku. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and he will always remember because he's progressed as a character. He will never forget this un a unique <laughs> and unforgettable adventure. Those are gonna be my pictures. Like it's just like so like blank, and there's yeah. no like there's usually no named locations and mm. no named characters yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. Or like if there is an end character, it's just like Han or yeah. Chewie. It's or very like funny. No. It's like Poe reveals that the enigmatic First Order Splinter Cell, known as the Shadow Fist, <laughs> is developing a weapon of mass <laughs> destruction. Karen. That threatens the balance of power in the galaxy. God damn. Mm. Thanks, ChatGPT. Um, it's good shit. My favorite sentence is probably Babu Frick, now equipped with state of the art gadgets and droid companion for support, infiltrates the Shadow Fist under a fabricated identity. I really wanted it to. I, I wrote in Oxford to make a spy thriller with Babu Frick. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's gold. His journey leads him through a series of dangerous encounters, including high-stakes heists, tense negotiations, and narrow escapes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good Lord. Anything else from the uh, our AI adventure today, Sandro? Um, well, he forms great alliances, and he never forgets the unforgettable um, adventure that he wow. encountered. You know what? It truly was memory. unforgettable. Yeah. I think um, to... If they were to do a serious Bobby Frick movie, they they could totally do like a heist movie with the Spice Runners. I think I specifically wrote Andor style as well. Andor style, I wanted yeah. it to be like in the style of Andor. Yeah. A Bobby Frick story. Honestly, yeah. like a Poe Dameron movie or a Zori Bliss like kind yeah. of comic or something like that, where it is just like the the Spice Running kind of group in that sequel era. Yeah. Could be really cool. Like, like what Spice era. Running and what crime looks like in that in that period of time. But, yeah. Uh, we've talked heaps about the underworld on this show and we're gonna talk more about it as our uh, as our story evolves. So what's your idea, Bryce? 
Whoa, Watch your baby. <sighs> Cast your mind back. Not as far as Order 66, but to 1981. <laughs> when the fuck did Empire come out? Yeah, 81, I think. We have ourselves a prequel oh, yeah. tale. A prequel in terms of like the sequels. Mm. Uh, it's going back. Of how Babu Freak helps Luke Skywalker build his lightsaber after the Empire strikes back. The Empire had enslaved the Enzelan homeworld, for the Enzelans are a race of legendary engineers and mechanists. The Empire has put them to work designing new forms of weaponry and fixing the fatal flaw of the Death Star 2. And designing a way that they could be fired and doing all that stuff. I don't. Do we actually know who did that in the comics? Because I don't. I don't read that shit. It's certainly at the Jedwassians. Like, uh, designed the Death Star two without the flaw. Oh, um, mm. I don't know if that's not to my knowledge. Mello would know, but if we put him on this yeah. episode of the show, his brain would explode. So, the story follows Barbara Freak, an enslaved engineer who is keeping his head down and working hard due to the fear of losing his beloved wife if he starts any trouble. She's also like like a hostage, but she's also working. Yeah. This all changes when his wife tragically dies due to the dangerous workplace. It's a very unsafe kind of factory. Barbara Freak is now an Enzelan with nothing to lose and begins to build his way out of prison. <sighs> nothing but a box of scraps. <laughs> a cave. Uh, his fellow Enzelans tell him to stop as he's putting them all at risk, but Babu doesn't care. He's a true anti-hero. Oh. Babu gets Sigma. in touch with Luke Skywalker and the Rebels. He will set the factory up from the inside and the Rebels can take it from the outside. But they can't do it without a Jedi and Luke doesn't have a lightsaber anymore. Babu Freak has the solution. Luke must sneak into the factory where Babu can forge him a new one right under the Empire's nose. The combination infiltration heist, forging montage, prison break that follows will be a tale that goes down in history as the greatest piece of Star Wars media. Nay, the greatest story the world has ever known. Babu Freak, a Star Wars story. And that's how Luke gets that, his screens lightsaber. <laughs> that is box office success. <laughs> the masterpiece. That is the one. In our denouement, in our epilogue. Ooh. Babu then becomes an outcast, seen as a betrayer of his fellow by his fellow Enzelans, and too much of a loose cannon for the rebellion. He goes on to become a morally grey mechanic working on the outer rim. Mm. Done. Oh yeah. I feel like I was just in that that TikTok series where the guy does the uh, the Mad Libs, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> snorts coke and yeah. then fucking proceeds to make a perfect mm. Marvel movie pitch. So Barbie Frick is your Sigma male. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, he's yeah. the perfect man. Yeah, <laughs> and he's played by Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah. Oh, this is not the the one for this podcast, but I did have a pitch for an Adrian Brody Bothan spy movie. Dude, no, this is that's perfect. That's perfect. Incorporate well, that. Adrian the spies are the Death Star two it's plans. It's true. Stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah. Rogue One, but for yeah, Bobby yeah. freaking the Bothan. And what we were gonna do with Adrian Brody, <laughs> <laughs> we had a, we were in talks with him. What we were gonna do with Adrian Brody is we were gonna just put makeup on him, you know, like uh, like the dog nose and stuff. We weren't gonna like fully both him. No, no, no. Full uh, Both. Him. I want to see Both. Adrian Brody in the furry ass Bothan yeah. costume. Yeah, as long as you see his face, though. He is the, uh, the star. Oh, you'll know it's Adrian Brody. Like, you'll know. But it's like, <laughs> you'll, you'll it's know. like Cats, Adrian Brody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's Bothan. Yeah, it was like James Bond. <laughs> he was going to be a James Bond type. So, Dude, yeah, I think put that in your face. I think there's a, there's a beautiful mix of those ideas there somewhere. Yeah. But in all honesty, I thought it was a fun idea to have there be like some kind of infiltration of some kind yeah. where Luke has to sneak his way in, forge a lightsaber, yeah. and then, like, the clock is ticking, and he has to build it just as, like, the Empire busts down the doors to try and kill him, and yeah. then he fights his way out as the Rebels attack. Yeah. There's, like, something fun there. Yeah. That's, like, fun. I do really love the idea as well of um, Bobby Frick being involved in some capacity with Death Star 2, or yeah. the Anzellans, mm -hmm. at least. Yeah, I think that's, that's interesting. There's something fun there. I don't the know. idea of Bothan movie, <laughs> unrelated, just brings to mind of, like, because we talked about like the Bothans just being like sort of lambs to slaughter because they they were retrieving plans that the it was like they're emperor... retrieving the bait that was designed in the trap yeah, yeah the yeah. emperor purposely leaked that information so yeah, that yeah. They, it would go back to the rebels and I feel like it'd be so devastating 
to see like end of Rogue One style. Um, maybe like two thirds into the movie, our main Bothan, our remaining Bothan, has sent the information out, but then it's uncovered that it's a trap. And he's struggling and he's crawling to try warn them mm. that it's fake. And then he dies. And then he dies. Oh, wow. Sandra, that's genius. That I want to see Adrian Brody die like that. Yeah, that's, that's, Adrian, Brody's <laughs> that's Adrian Brody's key character. role in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. That is genius. Wow. Yeah, it was going to be a series as well, like multiple movies. Oh, like Andor. Oh, okay. No, like James Bond. Oh, and so we keep changing it. And we just go through all the Wes Anderson actors. So we go Adrian Brody and we go Owen Wilson. Ah, yeah. yeah. That mm. could be interesting because I was thinking it would be... Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray. Bill Murray is, Murray Bothan. is yeah. like the most cursed thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> Sandra, your impression. Give the impressions guy. No, I can't. I can't do Bill Murray. <laughs> Anyways, so there's my little pitch for Barbara Freak, a Star Wars story. Yeah, Takes yeah, place like between Empire and Return of the Jedi. I can in see full that. seriousness, no. In full seriousness, though, send in like what's the actual story of Luke's lightsaber? Mm. Like you mentioned that it's mm. like he gets the pieces and stuff. Mm. Does he just make it there in Obi Wan's hut? You yeah. just like put it all together. He's also like working on there's so there is a deleted scene. Yeah. Before people point this out, mm. he's sitting in a cave. Yeah. And he's like tweaking on the lightsaber a tiny bit with some yeah. tools and he like turns it on and you see the green flash. Mm. And I think it's better that they kept that out of the edit. They yeah, cut it out. Yeah. And they leave it until the re- reveal on the barge ship where it gets shot out of R2D2 and he catches it and it's big reveal, Fucking big rocks. fun, awesome time. Yeah. I think that's a perfect time to reveal it. And I think it really like Gets you a bit more into the feel of like not seeing him with a lightsaber makes you feel like he's a bit more sinister because he comes in and he just starts strangling stuff and he starts using <laughs> yeah. very he starts using very like dark sidey yeah force yeah. and he's wearing all black it's very yeah uh, it's pretty gnarly yeah. if you were to like have him come in and start with a green lightsaber it would maybe defeat that purpose of like him seeing kind of sinister yeah. and evil from the get go yeah so I'm I'm glad they kept that out of yeah. the edit yeah, yeah. plus um, it's a more fun surprise. When he makes the lightsaber, I can't speak to, but I know he's, like, fiddling with it mm. at the start in that deleted scene. And then, you know, from, like, comics and stuff, we have that uh, story of him going to the, yeah. the Obi-Wan's hut after yeah. the events of Empire Strikes Back, after he's lost his hand, creating the new one for Return of the Jedi and finding a really cool turtleneck to wear. But, yeah, if you have more information on that, love to see it. If you have more, Yeah, if there's anything we've if missed. If you have your if you own Barbie stuff? pitch movie pitch... Yeah, let us honestly, know. Honestly, I would love to see comments of Babu ideas. Yeah, yeah. just Bob, like Babu in the sequels. Yeah, like mm. what do you think Babu's up to? What do you, what do you think he's doing? What do you think of the lightsaber pitch idea and like incorporating that more yeah. into the story and having that be like a key thing? Yeah, and I like that your pitch could feasibly fit in canon. Yeah, well, <laughs> well so can mine. So can mine. It's kind of yeah, yeah. So could yours, Carl. That, that, yeah. that works. That works. So it's in canon. <laughs> it fits. Nothing conflicts. Not actually, nothing does. But I think we could say confidently this has been a resounding success of an episode. You know, talking yeah, about. The... I think it's been a, a really fun time. I just wish we had like a bit more of a fixture on where Barbie comes in. Where Barbie comes in? I I unironically and in all seriousness want to see Barbie Frick in our sequels. Oh, absolutely! I think he fits perfectly in Episode Eight for us. Mm-hmm. Episode Seven is already very difficult. No, with, I agree. With I agree. so many moving absolutely. pieces and so many yeah. characters, I think. When we see the crime underworld in episode seven, it's going to be an antagonistic force. And in episode eight, Mm. we're going to have a a lot more time to really dive into the nuance of that world and say, who lives here? Who is a criminal out of necessity and out of, you know, that just being who they are? They were born into it. They have no choice. This is their life for them. Mm. And they're called a criminal by the New Republic, but this is just their life. We'll have a lot more time to dive into his character and and his involvement in the story. And and then Ray, I think, this is is a fun thing. If Ray needs a lightsaber built and if... We have a character like Ben Solo, who is so stringent in justice that we've talked about before. 
And then Luke is like, all right, well, let's go get Ray to make a new lightsaber. And he takes them both into this workshop. And Ben's like, I hate coming here. This is a criminal. He creates things for criminals. He helps criminals in this chop shop. And Luke's like, where else are we going to get the lightsaber? He didn't choose this life. This is the life that exists for him in this galaxy. Mm. And you have to be un- able to understand and be compassionate to everyone, regardless of like where they come from. You know? Babu. That's a fun story, though. Babu. Babu. And then he says Babu, and everyone goes, fucking yeah! <laughs> yeah. Scream in the theater. Yeah. I, I find it so funny envisioning just Babu in these very dramatic moments, and it's just Babu. <laughs> there is also the thing of, yeah. like, maybe it doesn't work in, in dramatic yeah. situations but I do it's like these ideas the, the, yeah. the comedic relief that he presents is fantastic and that's staying that's staying yeah. that's gonna be all for today thank you so much for listening this has been yeah. Fixing the Sequel Trilogy we're here every week talking about Star Wars next week we've got a very exciting project we're starting our six part series of uh, rewriting Force Awakens Ooh. wish us luck because uh, good lord it's been a long road getting here and Spending so much time diving into the backstory, the context, the characters, everything that leads up to the beginning of Force Awakens. And next week uh, will be our first attempt at writing Act 1 of that story with all of that context in mind and and all of the ideas uh, that we've been talking about for the past six months or so um, coming to a head and being presented for the first time to our audience. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back next Friday with that one. Until then, check us out on Instagram, TikTok, uh, social media of all kinds, except for X, formerly known as Twitter. Fuck you, Elon Musk. (laughs) Also, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and (laughs) likes and subscribes, all that good stuff. But until next time, may the force be with you.